Welcome to the Death Kit Show. Let's go. To all my listeners, please go to thedifferentbook.com and pick up a copy of my new children's book, Different. 10% of every book sold goes directly to the cystic fibrosis charity, Emily's Entourage, which is searching for a cure for a unique mutation of the cystic fibrosis gene. I recommend Different to children ages five and up. Growing up as kids, we sometimes feel like we don't fit in with everyone else, whether it's our curly hair, a mole or freckle we don't like, being too tall or too short, the list goes on. Different teaches kids that we all have our thing and everyone is different, which means being different is normal. I'm very excited about this book and want to give as much as I can to Emily's Entourage, so please pick up a copy for your kids or grandkids or friends' kids and help me spread the word. Check out thedifferentbook.com for all the details. And if you haven't yet, please rate this podcast five stars and leave a review. It all really does help. to the GK Show. Fun music at the beginning. Yeah! Uh! Hope you're having a good day. Let's start the pod. since I put out a pod. I thought during this quarantine I would have all the time in the world to put out a bunch of podcasts, but it's actually the opposite. My wife and I are nonstop chasing around our three-year-old and our two-year-old, and they don't know what's going on. They're just happy we're both home all day, every day, which is not what it usually is. Uh, so anyways, I'm going crazy, like I'm sure a lot of people are during this, and I'm going to get into, I'm going to try and keep this podcast as short as possible, but I don't think it's going to be, end up being short. Maybe it will. Hopefully it will. Um, it should be around 20 minutes. That's my goal. But, uh, I will say this, um, if you haven't, uh, yet gone on like my social media and seen, I posted about my children's book, which I obviously put the little... Uh, commercial at the beginning of all these podcasts. I know some people might fast forward through that. Right now, can we, I'm, I'm not going to tr- sit here and be like, some people are like, oh, I have it so, everything is the worst for me. It's not. But for comedians, which were clearly not the most important profession in the world, which I never thought we were, but, uh, you know, we're, we're struggling. We don't know for how long. A lot of our shows got canceled. A lot of my shows got canceled. A lot of work. We don't know when we're going to go back to work, blah, blah, blah. So luckily enough for me, I do have a children's book I made, uh, and if you guys go to my Instagram, there's a post for it. Uh, you go to thedifferentbook.com. Tell your friends if you have friends that have kids or, you know, people, grand, whatever, grandparents, parents. Anyways, I'm very proud of that book, so go to thedifferentbook.com and uh, help me spread the word if you can. I'd greatly appreciate it. A lot of people did when I put it on Instagram, which is very, very cool. And I appreciate all that. I got it before I get into what I'm going to get into about this whole coronavirus 19, COVID 19 pandemic and all that. Um, I just got to say, one thing that really bugs me about people is how irresponsible certain people are. And then they expect everybody 
to pick up the slack for them when things like this happen. Some people, I get it, they aren't in a position where they make a lot of money and they do have to live paycheck to paycheck. Some people have to live paycheck to paycheck. Totally sympathize with that. And other people are just fucking idiots and they don't save any money. And they make, there's people, here's my point, because before this sounds way too mean, there are people that make more money than me, right? Consistently make way more money than me actually, right? And this thing happened and now they're asking people for money because they spend all the money they make. They save no money for a rainy day. These people are single. They don't have a wife. They don't have kids. I have a wife and a kid. And guess what? This sucks for me, just like it sucks for you, I'm sure, listening to this. sucks for a lot of people. And lucky enough for me, I'm not a fucking moron, and I you know, put money aside. I don't get a check for 1000 bucks and spend 1000 bucks. I don't get a check for 3000 bucks and spend 3000 bucks. Like That's not smart, and uh, it's not planning. So I'm not going to get into exactly who I'm talking about, but there's a, a person who told me this person owns some venues, and they told me that there's another comedian who they didn't say the name, and this person uh, spends like, you know, $4,000 a month or something on rent, and they make three to five grand a weekend working at a comedy club, which is really good. That's not like, you know, if you're super famous, or if you're selling out theaters and stuff, you make way more than that, but three to five grand a weekend, that's good. And you're getting booked. Obviously, if you're making that at clubs, it means you're selling tickets. It means you have a good agent or something. You know, you're on, you're on TV, you're on whatever, Netflix. You're doing well, you know what I mean? Like, if, if you can get that, because that's not what the low-level headliners, what I am, you know, when I headline a club, I'm not getting, uh, you know, I don't get 500 bucks, I get more than that, but I don't get, you know, $5,000, right? So that's my point. Um, so this person must be somebody who does pretty well. This person apparently goes to this person who told me the story and was like, hey, I need money. Can you help me out? Can I get a loan? Like, it's just, that is fucking pathetic to me, okay? If you're somebody who has a job and you don't make a lot of money and you need to ask somebody for help, that's fucking fine. I don't care about that at all. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you're a good person and then you know people and they like you and if you're on hard times, they'll help you out. Like, that's why you have family and friends and a community, right? If you're somebody who's making three, four, five thousand dollars a weekend and you're working, you know, even two, three weekends a month, you're working four weekends a month, whatever, why why are you in a position where the second shit hits the fan, you're asking other people to help you out? How do you not feel like a fucking loser? There's another person I can think of, and I actually like this person, and I and they're they're they do better than me too. I know for a fact they do better than me financially. And uh, their dog needed uh, something, and they put up like a, a hey, my dog needs this uh, thing. Um, it was like a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter or whatever those things are for everyone else to pay for this person's dog vet bills, which, you know, do- vet bills can be extremely high, and I get it, but I was sitting there just like, how, how do you feel okay asking your fans to pay for your dog's fucking vet bills? It's just weird. So I cannot stand that. That is a major issue, which I think is, you know, that's why there should be a sense of community. You should have a community. You should have, whether it's like through like your church or mosque or synagogue or whatever, or maybe it's just a group of friends. Maybe you're a bunch of atheists. You're in an atheist group. I'm I'm naming religious stuff, but whatever it is, you know what I mean? A group of comics, group of, you know, your friends at work, whatever. That's why you're like, that's why people should have an incentive to be a good person. So 
you know, they do have a, first of all, you should just be a good person, but like, you shouldn't fake being a good person just in case shit hits the fan. You have friends or family that'll help you out. But like, people should, you, everyone should be good. Everyone should be genuinely good. <laughs> and if everybody was, wouldn't be that big of a deal. You know what I mean? I, I, I would love to help out as many people as I possibly can throughout my life. And uh, I try to whenever I can. Um, now I have a wife and kids. I can't be handing out checks <laughs> to people, but uh, whatever. So anyways, I just can't stand that. I can't stand that there's people who just think the whole world is there to just give them a handout whenever they need it. And uh, all right, that bothers me. Okay, so here we go. So something has happened with society or on the internet, or I don't know if it's on the internet and in real life, but you can't say anything about this pandemic, okay, without, like, it's, it's like if you don't just spit out exactly what the news tells you, and you don't even, if you're not allowed to think about it, that's what bothers me, you're not even allowed to think about what they're saying. So I have been biting my tongue about a lot of this, because when it first happened, I was like, okay, this is, you know, I'm just listening to what the, you know, the experts are saying, you know, Dr. Fauci and, uh, you know, the CDC, the WHO and all that stuff, right? World Health Organization. So, uh, but I was, th- when I was looking at it, I was, you know, when, for, this was when it first started happening, right? Like before they even locked us down, I was like, they're only testing people who have um, like serious symptoms. And I, I don't know what the criteria is now. I, I know that we're doing a lot more tests like every day and every week. We're doing a lot more tests in the United States. But very early on, at least, it was like, oh, do you have serious symptoms? You need to go to the, you know, you have, you're, you're somebody who's at the doctor, at the hospital. And then I think, because I think my cousin who's been very sick, and she thinks she might have it. I think she said they wouldn't even test her for it because she didn't know somebody personally who for sure she knew tested positive for coronavirus, this coronavirus. Um, so she couldn't even get a test for it. So like they're only testing people who are, for the most part, who are really sick. Obviously the NBA players and Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson and People who are rich, of course, get their test, right? But that's a very small slice of the pie in the grand scheme of things, right? There's 330 million people in the United States. And I'm just going to talk about the United States right now because a lot of things bother me too when they bring up other countries. First off, China is like for sure lying about uh, what's going on in their country. They're not giving us the real numbers. Italy, people can't try to keep comparing us to Italy. These people want to be like fear-mongering doomsday people. Italy, this, this, this virus... According to the experts, I'm not, I'm not giving my opinion on any of this. This is, this is what bothers me. I'm not giving my opinion. According to the experts, and this all could change and the information can change, but according to the experts, this is a respiratory thing that affects you know, mostly older people. If you're older, you're like way more susceptible. Or if you have a weakened immune system from something, so you have an underlying health issue like bronchitis or some sort of, if you're asthmatic or something, or it's even worse, you know, then... It can affect you if you're younger, right? But for the most part, it's only affecting older people and people with weakened immune systems. And I asked my fr- my friend, who's like a cousin to me, I asked her, we call ourselves cousins, she's not really my real cousin. And uh, I asked her about all this and she said, I'm right when I'm asking all these questions. And she said, yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. Um, and my, my other buddy, his mom was a nurse at the Seattle hospital that was like ground zero for the big Washington outbreak or whatever. And she said the same thing. Okay, so... My point is, if you're only testing, I've been, I've been thinking this and saying this to my wife privately and to my parents and stuff privately, but I don't want to go like posting a bunch of stuff online, 
because I don't post a lot online about my opinions on stuff like this anyways, but also, you know, things could change in a day and then I didn't want to totally look stupid, right? So I've been saying this, if you're only testing the people who are severe symptoms, oh, and let me backtrack one more time real quick. They're also saying, according to the CDC and Dr. Fauci and Dr. Deborah Burks and all these people, they're all saying that most people who get this are going to have mild symptoms or maybe even no symptoms. That's a big thing they keep saying. A lot of us might have already had it. We didn't even know. We might have had it, got a little sick, didn't realize what it was, got over it at home. We never went to a doctor. We're fine, right? And then there's some people who are just asymptomatic who have it, and then it runs through their, their system, whatever. They don't, they don't really ever get sick. So that's what the experts are saying too, right? That's the best information out there. So if the only people, for the most part, virtually the only people getting tested are the ones who have crazy symptoms and are severe and they actually you know, need medical attention, okay, so the numbers the news is giving is these are the confirmed cases. You can only have a confirmed case if you've done the test. So those are the only people that are being tested. And then they're like, these are the confirmed cases and these are the confirmed deaths. Now, of course, there's probably some more deaths that weren't confirmed because people died and they didn't know what it was. They, weren't, they didn't have these tests yet, right? But that number is way close. That confirmed death number is way closer to the actual confirmed death number because, like I just said, all the experts are saying most people who get it are going to have mild symptoms, not even need to go to a doctor, let alone a hospital. And some of us will have it. We didn't even know we had it and we got better already, okay? Or we were never bad, but we had it and we got rid of it. So that, that could be millions of people, okay? I'm not saying it is, but that could be millions of Americans. There could be 20 million Americans who have already had this and whatever, and they're fine. And those numbers are never going to be in the stats. So the stats the news puts out is, oh, there's, and I'm just making these up right now, but I remember one day it was like, oh, there's you know, 50,000 cases confirmed in the United States, and there's been 600 deaths. And then you do the math, and it comes out to you know, 1.3% or something like that, right? And everyone goes, that's the death rate. But that's not the death rate because that's the death rate of the people who have been tested. And the people who have been tested is the most severe cases. You know what I mean? Even if all of them weren't super severe, they're the most severe. If you look at it on like a graph of like the mild cases, the cases no one knew about because nothing really happened, all those people were never, if you actually could, if you were like God or something, you could be like, okay, here's the chart of everybody who's actually had it in the United States and everything. There'd be all these other people according to the experts, because it says most case, they're saying most cases, who had mild symptoms and are no symptoms, and they never went to a doctor, never went to a hospital, never got a test, never even thought about having a test, right? So that death number is way closer to the real number of deaths, and it's definitely off. I'm sure there's people who have died who never got the test. But then that number of the confirmed cases, if you just went by the actual number of cases, would be way more, way more than 50,000, right? So... Could, and then, so this is the thing. I was like, I'm not going to post anything about this because I, you know, I don't, I know how the internet is, and I'm not big on posting my opinions. You know, I stopped doing that for years. So then I started seeing that these epidemiologists uh, were writing these, you know, editorials, giving their opinion on this whole thing, and saying exactly what I'd been thinking. That you know, they're not the the data is unreliable. There's no context to it. So you know, I saw one guy come out. And then I read the rebuttal to his article, and the rebuttal to his article just didn't seem to be rebutting it that much. It just seemed like this lady was nitpicking a couple things that the guy said that she was like, well, we don't know for sure. And like his whole article is about how you don't know for sure, but the data is definitely unreliable, right? And so, <clears throat> so anyways, 
so then, and then I saw these other guys from Stanford wrote their thing. So <laughs> here's what happened. I posted, and uh, you know what? I'm just going to read. I don't know which order I should do this in, but here we go. I'm going to read the first um, article. This is from John Ionitis, and this was on March 17, 2020. And he wrote, this is from Stat News. I think he's from Stanford. I think all these people I'm going to read from are from Stanford. Um, statnews.com. A fiasco in the, this is the title of the article, a fiasco in the making as the coronavirus pandemic takes hold, we are making decisions without reliable data. And I'm like, this is exactly what I've been saying. And uh, guys, I'm not talking about the, the virus itself, okay? Maybe it is, maybe it's a, it is the thing too. If it was, hey, it's high, I know it's highly contagious. That's the other thing, which, which kind of goes to my case, kind of totally goes to my case. If it's highly contagious, that means a ton of us probably have had it, right? I might have had it. My wife might have had it. My wife teaches at a, a school where most of the kids are Chinese and they go back and forth from China. And my wife, who never gets sick, has had like this kind of dry, lingering cough for like the last month and maybe more than a month now. And my wife never gets sick and she hasn't been like bedridden or anything and she's not like super sick, but she's had this cough that won't go away, right? I had a little thing for like a week or so and it kind of and it went away, right? And I didn't feel good for a few days. So um, here we go. This is the article. The current coronavirus disease, COVID-19, has been called a once-in-a-century pandemic, but it may also be a once-in-a-century evidence fiasco. At a time when everyone needs better information, from disease modelers and governments to people quarantined or just social distancing, we lack reliable evidence on how many people have been infected with SARS-CoV-2 or who continue to become infected. Better information is needed to guide decisions and actions of monumental significance and to monitor their impact. Draconian countermeasures have been adopted in many countries. If the pandemic dissipates, either on its own or because of these measures, short-term extreme social distancing and lockdowns may be bearable. How long, though, should measures like this be continued if the pandemic churns across the globe unabated? How can policymakers tell if they're doing more good than harm? Vaccines or affordable treatments take many months or even years to develop and test properly. Given such timelines, the consequences of long-term lockdowns are entirely unknown. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm going to step out of the article for a second, just so it's not just me reading the whole time. This is another thing I've been saying. I don't mind if, you know, everybody's freaking out and the, you know, president and the governors and the lawmakers want to shut things down for a week or two. But, I mean, you really got to ramp up, like, getting the medical stuff out so the hospitals aren't overran and all that. And after that, I mean, just people, come on, wash your hands, don't shake hands, you know, don't go out unless you need to, but there should not be an economic shutdown. And I, I, it's like weird because I feel like if you even mention that, people jump down your throat or something, like you don't care about people. Okay, do you guys realize if the economy stays shut down, suicides are going to skyrocket, okay? Drug use is going to skyrocket, and it's already a problem in the United States. Um, there's at some point, just logic would tell you at some point, people who didn't have a lot of money, uh, and now they're out of work and they have no job and they feel hopeless, they're and they need stuff. They're going to start looting. You know what I mean? Like they're going to start robbing people more, which I said, crime will go up. There, there might be riots. Like, is that a safe environment for you and your kids or you in general just to go out and there's riots or people just might be desperate when people are desperate, we're human beings, we're animals. You know what I mean? If I was desperate and I needed to steal or rob somebody to help my family because I was that desperate, we'd all do it. You know what I mean? Like if you have kids or people, you know what I mean? You would do it. And even if you don't have kids, a lot of people will do it. But if you have, like you have to. So if you just like shut everybody down, 
eventually it's just going to turn into chaos. You can't shut everything down forever. Okay, so here, let's go back to the article. The data collected so far on how many people are infected and how the epidemic is evolving are utterly unreliable. Given the limited testing to date, some deaths and probably the vast majority of infections due to SARS-CoV-2 are being missed. This is what I've been thinking. We don't know if we are failing to capture infections by a factor of three or 300. Three months after the outbreak emerged, most countries, including the U.S., lack the ability to test a large number of people, and no countries have reliable data on the prevalence of the virus in a representative random sample of the general population. The evidence, this evidence fiasco creates tremendous uncertainty about the risk of dying from COVID-19. Reported case fatality rates, like the official 3.4% rate from the World Health Organization, cause horror and are meaningless. Patients who have been tested for SARS-CoV-2 are disproportionately those with severe symptoms and bad outcomes. As most health systems have limited testing capacity, selection bias may even worsen in the near future. The one situation where an entire closed population was tested was the Diamond Princess cruise ship and its quarantine passengers. Listen to this. The case fatality rate there was 1%, but this was a largely elderly population in which the death rate from COVID-19 is much higher. Projecting the Diamond Princess mortality rate onto the age structure by the way, I'll just step out for a second. There were 700 people on that ship. They all got tested. They were all confined on a cruise ship, which is a pretty germy place. You know, it's, it's way it's a confined area with a lot of metal where the and stud plastic where the virus lives, and people are around each other all the time, touching the same stuff. So the seven people died. I think 17% were infected, and there were 700 passengers. So they tested everybody on that ship, right? And they were all elderly, all, all not all elderly, but mostly elderly. If you've ever been on a cruise ship, especially like a Diamond Princess ship? Okay, it's not young spring chickens on that ship. All right, projecting the Diamond Princess mortality rate onto the age structure of the U.S. population, the death rate among people infected with COVID-19 would be 0.125%. So not 3.4%, 0.125% according to this model. But since this estimate is based on extremely thin data, there were just seven deaths among the 700 infected passengers and crew, the real death rate could stretch from five times lower, 0.025% to five times higher, 0.625%. It is also possible that some of the passengers who are infected might die later and that tourists may have different frequencies on chronic disease, of, of, of chronic diseases. A risk factor for worse outcomes with SARS-CoV-2 infection than the general population. Adding these extra sources of uncertainty, reasonable estimates for the case fatality ratio in the general U.S. population vary from 0.05% to 1%, 0.05% to 1%. That huge range markedly affects how severe the pandemic is and what should be done. A population-wide case fatality rate of 0.05% is lower than seasonal influenza, the flu. If that is the true rate, locking down the world with potentially tremendous social and financial consequences may be totally irrational. It's like an elephant being attacked by a house cat. Frustrated and trying to avoid the cat, the elephant accidentally jumps off a cliff and dies. Could the COVID-19 case fatality rate be that low? No, some say, pointing to the high rate in elderly people. However, even some so-called mild or common cold-type coronaviruses that have been known for decades can have case fatality rates as high as 8% when they infect elderly people in nursing homes. In fact, such, quote, mild coronaviruses infect tens of millions of people every year and account for 3% to 11% of those hospitalized in the U.S. with lower respiratory infections each winter. These mild coronaviruses may be implicated in several 
thousands of deaths every year worldwide, though the, ma the vast majority of them are not documented with precise testing. Instead, they are lost as noise among 60 million deaths from various causes every year. Although successful surveillance systems have long existed for influenza, the disease is confirmed by a laboratory in a tiny minority of cases. In the U.S., for example, so far this season, 1,073,976 specimens have been tested and 222,552, which is 20.7%, have tested positive for influenza. In the same period, the estimated number of influenza-like illnesses is between 36 million and 51 million, with an estimated 22,000 to 55,000 flu deaths. Note the uncertainty about influenza-like illness deaths, a 2.5-fold range, corresponding to tens of thousands of deaths. Every year, some of these deaths are due to influenza and some to other viruses like common cold coronaviruses. In an autopsy series that tested for respiratory viruses and specimens from 57 elderly persons who died during the 2016 to 2017 influenza season, influenza viruses were detected in 18% of the specimens, while any kind of respiratory virus was found in 47%. In some people who die from viral respiratory pathogens, more than one virus is found upon autopsy and bacteria are often superimposed. A positive test for coronavirus did not mean necessarily that this virus is always primarily responsible for a patient's demise. Okay, how much longer is this article? It's a lot of percentage and stuff. I think you guys kind of get the gist. Like, should, I don't even know. There's no one out there I can ask right now if I should keep reading. Um, I'll read this one more paragraph probably, and that's it. And then I'll get to my Facebook post that turned into an absolute shit show, which I thought it would be. I can't even believe Facebook. Like the internet, on Facebook, you could literally post, hey guys, two plus two equals four. And you get comments. Oh, where'd you hear that, man? Fox News. Oh, I bet you like Trump. What are you, like a Bernie, bro? Like people are just fucking nuts. You can't say anything. You could say like, hey, I like the color uh, purple. And people just assume they know that, you know, what your stance is on climate change <laughs> and what you think about, you know, the Me Too movement. <laughs> like it's just... People just like read into everything. It's insane. I can't wait till I get to this Facebook post. I'm literally going to read a Facebook post, what I wrote and what uh, these people wrote. It's just, it's great. And, and I felt the need to respond to them because I don't usually post my opinion. So I, I felt the need to respond to people. My wife is like, why are you even responding to anybody? Uh, so here we go. This is probably the last paragraph I'll read. If we assume that case fatality rate among individuals infected by SARS-CoV-2 is 0.3% in the general population, a mid-range guess from my Diamond Princess analysis, and that 1% of the U.S. population gets infected, about 3.3 million people, this would translate to about 10,000 deaths. This sounds like a huge number, but is buried within the noise of the estimate of deaths from influenza-like illness. If we had not known about a new virus out there, had not checked individuals with PCR tests, the number of total deaths due to influenza-like illness would not seem unusual this year. At most, you might have casually noted that flu this season seems to be a bit worse than average. The media coverage would have been less than for an NBA game between the two most indifferent teams. <coughs> okay, so you kind of get the point of that article, right? Let me take a little sip of my vino here. How douchey have I become? I call my wine my vino. All right, so my throat is getting a little bit dry. Okay, so there was another... I'll just read the excerpt from this article because this is another... Uh, thing from these two guys at um, at Stanford. So this is a post I made. I don't know what today is. What's today? Today is Saturday. I don't. Okay. So I wrote this on March 26th, 8:05 a.m. This is my post. 
I've been saying this from the beginning, and I'm not even that smart. All these stats we're getting are very misleading, and it's done nothing but terrify people. It's just common sense that the fatality rates they've been giving us isn't close to the real rate because of those, because of who's been tested and who hasn't. Almost everyone. The stats don't include people who have had it and recovered without ever knowing, which is most likely a very large number. They're not included in the stats at all. Also, the people who have it now and are fine. They're also not included. Another huge number of people. Factor them into the statistics, and researchers who are getting no media attention modeled the rates as low as 0.06%. That's a lot lower than the 1.3% we're being told. Maybe it's higher than 0.06%, but it's definitely not 1.3% because of the huge swaths of people not even included in statistics. This is common sense. And then there's a picture, which some people thought was an internet meme, which is not. There's a picture, I just took a screenshot of uh, another article, not the one I just read, read you, and there's just two paragraphs from it. Fear of COVID-19 is based on its high estimated case fatality rate. 2% to 4% of people with confirmed COVID-19 have died, according to the World Health Organization and others. So if 100 million Americans ultimately get the disease, 2 million to 4 million could die. We believe that estimate is deeply flawed. These are different people who wrote this, right? Different scientists and professionals in this area. The true fatality rate is the portion of those infected who die, not the deaths from identified positive cases. The latter rate is misleading because of selection bias and testing. The degree of bias is uncertain because available data is, are limited, but it could make the difference between an epidemic that kills 20,000 and one that kills th 2 million. If the, sorry, my mouse is on top of the number. If the number of actual infections is much larger than the number of cases, orders of magnitude larger, then the true fatality rate is much lower as well. That's not only plausible, but likely based on what we know so far. Okay? Well, there's a hundred comments on this thing? Jeez. Okay, so... Um, Bronson Jones, who's a comedian uh, that I know, he said, this, he's the first comment, a disease we never heard of three months ago has killed 22,000 people already, reported, so likely more, but that's worldwide in far off backwater lands, right? I don't even know what the, so I don't know, I think there's these jokes trying to, again, like, Bronson's a very nice guy, I like Bronson, it seems like he was insinuating with that line that I don't think it's going to affect us or something? I don't know. Uh, I never said anything about backwater places or, or foreign places, and it's not affecting us. He continues, it also killed 13 people in one hospital in one day in New York City. Not even God bless American-made bullets have pulled off that feat. Again, never heard of it three months ago. Spread to 179 countries now. Entered New York City about a month ago. Killed 13 people in one day in one hospital in the greatest city in the world. It's not something to sneeze at. Cough, cough. And then he sent a link something from Apple News. Okay, so I responded, never said it didn't kill people. Seems like no one is even reading the post, which is why I try to never post anything. I'm saying the data isn't complete and is therefore misleading. The quote above is from two Stanford scientists. My brother-in-law is a scientist who works at a hospital. When I asked him about this, he said I'm correct about the numbers because of who's being tested and the number of people who have had it are fine. And whenever it says, okay, I'm being very redundant from my other post, from my main post. I've also spoken to two nurses, and I know they're and they have verified this as well. That's sad that 30 people die in one day in New York City, but did those people have underlying health issues? I didn't include in my post, but I also asked my nurse friends if it's true that this has only been killing people with underlying health issues, many of whom are elderly with weakened immune systems, and they said yes. I asked if these same people caught the flu or pneumonia, would that also kill them? And they said yes. So that, that's something I didn't mention earlier too. These are people who, yes, of course it's sad if anyone dies right? Of course it's sad. If your grandma or your grandpa or your dad or your mom, they're elderly or something, or they have a health issue and they, get, and they catch something, they die. But
But a lot of old people die because they get pneumonia or they get the flu and their, their immune system is weak and their body's weak and that's kind of what kills them, right? Really, it was old age. When someone dies of old age, it's not like someone goes, hey, happy birthday, do you know you're 99 today? And then they just fucking have a heart attack because they didn't realize they were 99. That's not how it happens. It's like your body weakens and weakens and weakens and eventually you catch something and you die. So I've asked people, hey, are these same people dying? Would they die if they got like a bad flu or if they got pneumonia? And they were like, yeah, they would. So again, yeah, obviously horrible. I don't want anyone to die, but people die. Like I might die tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like hopefully this, I get this up in time. So then I continue, so yes, it's a new strain of a virus, and that sucks, and no one wants anyone to die, but my post is about the numbers being misleading, which is just math. It's really contagious, but most likely not nearly as fatal to the whole population as it's being portrayed. I didn't understand your comment about, quote, foreign backwater lands. I think you were joking, but I never said anything about it not being near us. Another thing I hate about the internet is, like, you know, I like, I, LeBronson, I like, the great guy, and then it's, like, on the internet, it's like he's, it seemed kind of combative, you know what I mean? Like, oh, but that's just in far off foreign backwater lands, right? What? When did I even mention anything about that, right? Um, uh, Chelsea Chavez writes, Jeff Keith, the numbers are very skewed. Here in Nevada, it is very hard to get a test. My friend who's a nurse said they've had multiple rep- repository, I'm sure she means respiratory deaths that won't count because they never got tested. Eddie J said, 13 people day in bed Every day, New York, and then he's a laughing emoji. That's not an astronomical number. I don't know if he's making fun of me or Bronston. <laughs> it's like the internet is so hard to tell. I'm like, is he mocking me? Is he mocking Bronston? Whatever. Um, huh. Okay, so then I want to know if you could any Okay, so I didn't ever see this thing that Bronston wrote, but wrote a whole nother long thing. Um, I'll just read this and I read it. Chronically sick people do die every day, every year. The flu takes about 30,000. That said, hospitals are ready for them. With respirators, hospitals are woefully unprepared for what this is. They're building match sites in New York City. Maybe COVID-19 kills so fast the flu will get depressed because there's no weak people left to kill. Flu might pull its lowest numbers ever thanks to COVID or maybe COVID is going to create a whole new batch of people with underlying respiratory issues. I love, I mean, I get what he's saying, but those aren't the only two options. Let's say 0.1% fatality, just to make the math easier than 0.06. In three or four months to account for late discovery and late reporting by China, the virus went from patient zero, the pangolin chef, to killing a confirmed 22,000 people. P.S. Probably underreported because of China, Russia, North Korea. Yeah, I agree with that. At 0.1% fatality, that means in four months, 120 days, it spread from one pangolin chef to 22 million people around the planet. That seems unlikely. The flu and cold viruses don't kick off with one fellow every year. They're already lying dormant globally. With that sort of exponential math of contagion, we should expect every single human on the planet to have it in about a week or so. Does he really believe that? So it's either the fastest spreading virus ever or more deadly than the flu. Either way, let's not underestimate it. I'm not afraid of getting it. I don't want my two-week-old nephew to get it or my 80-something mom to get it. That's the thing. His two-week-old nephew, that's another thing that apparently I've heard from nurses, which is super weird. It's not like affecting babies. And like most viruses affect babies. It's very weird to me. Like maybe that's changed since the last time I spoke to one of my nurse friends, but they were, they were even weirded out that like most things you have to be worried about young kids and babies and stuff, you know? And this is affecting elderly people and, you know, some people who have weakened immune systems already. So whatever. Uh, I don't know if I should read all these comments, but... A lot of them are short. Um, this is pretty short. 
Another comedian who I know, Raj Sharma, the mortality rate for the flu is 0.01%. This is 3.4%. The flu kills on average 55,000 a year. Multiply that by 34. That's how dangerous this is. And I said, Raj, you're quoting a mortality rate that isn't accurate for the reasons above. And he said, where did you get that stat? Mine is from the CDC and WHO. I just want to point out real quick, the WHO, the World Health Organization, listened to China when China lied to them and said that this isn't contagious person to person. And then with WHO led with that, like this was a couple months ago, they were like, oh yeah, there's this new virus, but it's not contagious person to person, which was a lie that China put out. And the WHO, which I've, I, as I understand, is just kind of like a organization that's whatever, I don't know, um, heavily influenced, I should say. They just didn't question that and then put that out to the world. So I said, Raj, read the post you're commenting on. That's the rate of people who were tested. The CDC also say... Uh, or it did last I checked, that most people who get this will be fine and can just get better at home. The people who have been tested, very small sample size and amount of tests, whatever. Okay, so I'm just ex explaining the exact same thing over and over again. A statistic with no context can be extremely misleading. He said, I'll, I'll get back to you. Also miss you. Hope your family's doing well. I said, miss you too. Oh, whatever, buddy. Okay, whatever. So I want to get to these people that are just fucking idiots. This guy, Doug Reed, who I don't know, all these people, which I think is so funny, I don't know them and they're comedians, which means they just added me as a friend because they... I don't know, like, thought I was funny or know who I am, but I fucking don't even know who they are. This guy goes, go outside and do you if it's just the flu then. And I responded, the word flu was never mentioned. Not sure what you're even responding to. This is how fucking stupid people are online. I literally said nothing about the flu in my post. And his response is, go outside and do you if it's just the flu then. Okay, guy just screaming in the wrong direction. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, don't need to read those. Okay, some of the people, I just want to get to, this This is funny too. Um, I got to get to the guy who just fucking freaks the fuck out. So this guy, Kevin Peter Hickerson, who apparently is also a comedian, among 50 other things. Uh, this guy writes, dude, I am, this is the funniest. Dude, I am begging you, please don't post stuff like this. You are not a scientist. Let us do our job, saving lives, and you keep doing yours, being funny, not this. At what point in my post did I pretend to be a scientist? Anyone listening, seriously, my email's in the show notes, email me. At what point in that post did I pretend to be a scientist? I was just doing basic math and saying, hey, if there's all these people who are getting it and they're not showing symptoms or a lot of people getting it and just recovering on their own and no, a lot of, like most of these people, and that's according to the CDC and all the scientists, that they're good, most people are going to be fine. Now you need to go to a doctor. Just doing logic and math Basic math, not even tough math, right? Not calculus. <laughs> like, that's all I'm doing. So I go, the post is from scientists at Stanford. I'm only talking about math. I'm not saying I know much about the virus or many experts in anything but basic math. Then he writes, <coughs> you are not a scientist qualified to ascertain if the supposed scientist is correct or what context it was said, what date, what data does he look at. You are just spreading a meme using your popularity to make it look like it's a valid argument. You are not his peer and should not be publicly peer-reviewing his work just because, just, just because, just because it matches your bias. What is my bias? What's my bias? Like, that's what I don't get. What is my bias? Math? My bias is math and what the experts are saying? I don't understand how any of that is bias. I'm not, I'm not up here posting, this is a hoax, guys. This is all to get Trump out of office. Or this is all to keep Trump in office. Or, you know, like... I'm not posting any of that. I'm just saying fucking this one thing. That's all I said. And then he goes, please, dude, 
You are just making it much, much harder for us when you argue with us like this. I don't know who, who am I arguing with, by the way? Like, and he goes, you are right that no data is at all perfect, but that's part of where our training working with data comes in. There are a lot of subtleties in complex statistics that take years of math classes to understand. It can't all just be summarized into a single Facebook meme. Please, here's your chance to shine. That is the funniest fucking line ever. Here's my chance to shine if I listen to a strange guy who I don't know who says he's a comedian and a physicist, and uh, he tells me to take... So if I, I'm shining if I take a post down. <coughs> so <coughs> this is my, finally my chance to shine, guys. You know what I mean? I've been performing for 17 years live. I've been on TV. I've been, I've, 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 I'm doing my best out here, right? Like, I, I wrote a children's book I'm really proud of. <laughs> like, all these things I'm doing. But my chance to shine uh, is if I take down a Facebook post he doesn't like, and he's arguing a totally different thing than what I posted. And I said, I'm not arguing, I responded to him, I'm not arguing with anyone. Here is a link to the screenshot I posted. It's not an internet meme. And then I sent him the link to fsi.stanford.edu. Is the coronavirus as deadly as they say? That's the link, you guys go check it out. He goes, I can't read the editorial. Can you screen capture or cut and paste the entire editorial? I just stopped listening to this guy because he's kind of a jerk. Um, then my old friend Melissa writes, I'm trying to understand why people are arguing with this. Right now, the death rate, especially in the U.S., can only... Can only include people who have been tested. Yes, like this is not, you don't have to be a scientist to know that. And the vast majority of people who have mild symptoms have not been tested. Therefore, the thousands who recover will not contribute to the stats, which would lower the death rate. I ain't no scientist, but like Jeff Keith said, it's math. This guy writes to her now, I don't understand is really all you needed to say. Please just leave it at that. Let us do our job. I didn't spend 36 years in nerd school studying math and not getting laid to be ignored by popular jocks and ladies now too. It's, I don't even, am I, is he calling me a popular jock there? I don't even get it. I'm a, I'm a popular jock. This guy doesn't know me. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Um, and, he, and then he said, and then he's, he's not going to, he can't be ignored by Melissa because she's a lady. So he's now he's a sexist jerk. The thing that's funny is like, there are people that are hearting this. Like, <coughs> his comment, you know, a couple people that are just like, yes, that's good stuff. <laughs> I, lo- I love the sexism and then the complete, <laughs> you know, uh, pivot away from what they're actually talking about. And then Melissa said, well, that's offensive. My brother is a doctor on the front line. I speak to him regularly to try and understand what's happening from a scientific perspective. And ladies now too, with that lovely response, I'm out. Okay, you should mess with me if you want to talk. And I said to this guy, there's one other person I have to read the back and forth, that person. I said to this guy, Kevin, I totally get that you're very smart and apparently this is what you do. My only point, my only point is that the stats were we are being given are the deaths and confirmed cases, those who have been tested. I know way smarter people who are way better at math and modeling for statistics are out there, and it sounds like you're one of them. Those death rates we are being given aren't models. They're just divided, dividing deaths by confirmed cases, and according to the CDC, a ton of people will have it and not know, and a ton more have had it and didn't know, and none of those people are included. That's literally my only point. Sky goes, I get that it is not intuitive, but most people are not just dividing death by cases. There are really good models out there, and they are still pointing to a pretty high death rate like the CDC is reporting. Most of the disagreements I've seen have to do with harder model effects like demographic bias, health factors, like fraction of population that smokes, medical system overruns. Yeah, that's like what I was talking about too. Like in Italy, the average age in Italy is 12 years more than the United States. People, they, their culture is way different. They kiss and touch a lot more. Uh, they live in intergenerational households where there's like grandkids living with grandparents and parents. So like they're infecting people. 
their own families at a higher rate. Uh, they smoke at a much higher level. That was something that was brought up to me by a nurse that I was talking to. She's like, yeah, people in Italy smoke like crazy. So I said to this guy, I wonder how many more times I responded to him. Yes, there are a ton of other factors, like you just said, smoking, average population age, intergenerational homes. The rates I'm referencing are from the news versus models from these scientists at Stanford. I also read another epidemiologist article where he modeled it at 0.125%. Yeah, I actually modeled it at 0.05%. So because I read more of that article. My point is that it's not 1.3% as the news is reporting. And he goes, but I have also read report from scientists that it is as high as 10%. Why is your 0.125% better than their 10%? Because it's not so simple. So this guy I stopped responding to because he's fucking nuts, dude. Like, what is this guy talking about? Like, what is he talking about? Where, where is it 10%? Has anybody seen anything where it said that 10% of people are going to die? I guess I didn't stop responding to him. He posted another thing. I guess I ignored that and he posted again, not even on the same, that same thing. Guys, it's very simple. A doctor can diagnose abnormal pneumonia COVID-19 without a test. That's how doctors have been doing medicine for centuries. We only had qPCR machines in the last 10 years. Don't know what a qPCR machine is or how it works? Then please stop worrying about this pointless line of thinking and trust the CDC. They are doing their best. This guy just keep the same people just keep fucking sucking this guy's dick with their little likes and everything. It's like two people. Um... And I go, so I sent him a link from the CDC. From the CDC, some people have mild cases. There's a part telling you when to seek medical attention. So the people who have mild symptoms and may very well have it need not seek medical attention. Again, I don't need to know what a Q's PCR machine is to understand basic math, which is what my post is about. You're not even responding to what I'm writing and just telling me you know more about other things than me. I'm not saying you don't. I'm talking about math. Basic, use a calculator, math. That's it. I've read multiple scientists who are saying exactly what I've been about these stats. They know more than me. A lot of people know more than me. I know how to divide, and I see the rate given is only deaths divided by confirmed cases, and I can also read and hear what epidemiologists say. A lot of people won't know they have it, show no symptoms, or have mild cases that require not coming in and getting tested. So with those two things I know, basic math, and that the experts say there are a lot of people who have it and not being tested, the rate can't be correct and has to be lower as more people are in being missed in the total cases group than the death group. Oh my God, this guy, what the fuck? I don't know, he just keeps going. This guy, he's just, he's just like writing and writing and writing. And he's, he's good. let's just go to this guy's page real quick because I want to tell you, this guy who said he spent 36 years. He studied nuclear physics at Caltech. Clearly a smart guy. Caltech is a bunch of smart people, right? So he's a nuclear physicist. And uh, this is what it says, physicist, inventor, comedian, father. So this guy's not an epidemiologist. I don't know what this guy's talking about. He said he spent 36 years of his life. The guy looks like he's my age. So how is that? How has he spent 36 years of his life if he's my age? I don't even get it. I kind of like this guy to come on my podcast. I don't want him to have my phone number, though. But I kind of like him to come on and just be like, yo, dude, stick to this one point. What the fuck am I saying that's wrong? Like, I can't, I don't, I don't get what I'm saying that's wrong. I'm going by what the epidemiologist is saying. I'm going by what all the experts are saying. Like, wh what is he saying that's wrong? Or what am I saying that's wrong? Like, I, I don't get it. He just keeps talking about other stuff. All right, so we're skipping a bunch of his stuff. Um... And he's like misquoting me. I'm like, I'm seeing some of these things I never even saw that he wrote. And he goes, uh, this is actual closed cases for your claim of 0.16%. I never wrote that. So this guy, like, I don't know if he's on something or whatever, but he's, uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> like, I don't know what his deal is. Okay, whatever. Some other people wrote some stuff, blah, blah, blah. Where is this one? Um, oh, this is what's, this is this lady. I got to read her. Myra Baylor. What were you hoping to accomplish with this post? Since we have no basis for knowing the true death rate of the virus, what is the point of posting something that truly cannot be verified instead of posting actual facts? See the above post for some actual facts about disease. We could all do our part in not using our sphere to push incomplete information one way or another. And I said, yes, the information being pushed on the news is incomplete. Even Dr. Deborah Burks, who's working with Dr. Fauci, said the numbers being put out there are misleading and you can get those numbers by using models with no controls. And one, I'll post whatever I want. I didn't invade anyone's living room. And two, my point was to maybe stop some people who are freaking out because they're glued to the news all day, which literally profits off of fear. This isn't a political statement. It's how the media makes money. They're not out of work. They're not out of work, right, is my point. So this girl, of course, I, lo I love the people who come to my Facebook page, ask to be my friend, and I don't care if they disagree with what I'm saying, but they're like, what's your point with this post? Why, why post this? Take your post down. Do I go to your page and fucking tell you what to do? I don't even fucking pay attention. Um, <coughs> whatever. Oh, this guy, I love this one. This guy, right, G.E. Esquivel writes, common sense, just stay home and don't be that one 0.00001% that will die or will have your loved one die. So this person is scared of something that kills, in his words, 0.00001% of people. This guy should never leave his house ever. This guy doesn't understand how bee stings work, how the flu works, <laughs> how uh, getting hit by a car, like in a car accident and dying works. This guy, there's so many ways this guy doesn't realize people can die that he should just stay home and live in a bubble. If, he's, if, if that's what common sense is to him. <coughs> common sense, just stay home, because it might kill one one hundred thousandth of one percent. What a fucking idiot. Um, okay, where is this stupid lady? Where is this stupid lady? Oh, I love this guy, too. Adam Grabowski, who's a comedian I met a long time ago, who would just go to like every college booking conference, even if he wasn't performing, and hand out slap wristbands to people. Um, this guy, this is, what he, this is what his comment is to me. I think this is an ill-advised post. It's okay to tell people to be calm, but to sow doubt and taking extreme safety precautions is not helpful right now. And then he wrote, sorry for criticizing, but I found it important to state after reading this. Hope you're well. So he's trying to be nice. But again, what the fuck is he talking about? I go, at what point did I mention anything about safety precautions? There's nothing in the post about that. The post is about misleading stats, the media's pushing, and then I fucking just wrote the same thing. I go, everyone is reading into what I wrote instead of reading what I wrote. And then he wrote back, thanks for the reply. This is Facebook. I was referring to how I believe this is being viewed by others. It is totally valid to talk numbers, though. So, so he's in the mind of everybody reading this? Everybody reading this, he, he goes, I was referring to how I believe this is being viewed by others. Okay. Um, another guy who I went to school with, nice guy, goes, what shall we do, Jeff? I just ignored him because I, at what point did I write in this post, hey, guys, I got all the answers to how to handle this. I know how to control the economy and stuff. All I was saying was the news is putting out misleading numbers, which they are 100%. On my kids' lives, they are fucking putting out misleading numbers. Uh, just think about it for 30 seconds, guys. There's all these cases we don't know about because they're not being tested. 
Those people aren't included in the stats. That's all you need to know. This is how the news reports it, okay? Say there's 100 people tested and 10 people have it, or 10 people die, right? And they're like, oh my God, 10 people died. And then the next day they test 100,000 people, and of those 100,000, 20 people die. They'd be like, oh my God, the death rate just tripled, right? That's called stats with no context. Yes, the death rate did triple. It went from 10 to 30. But... It was the 20 out of 100,000 people, right? So like, I'm not saying that was on the news, by the way. I'm not saying those are real numbers. I'm just using that as a very easy example of my point. So then this fucking lady, this lady who I don't know, another person who apparently is a comedian, but I've never met her before in my life. And she has been my friend, I guess, for who knows how long. Mind sharing your bullshit source here? So this person just comes in and I remembered her name because I remember I'd seen her on other people's posts just kind of like trying to take down people. Like she, like she's on the internet trying to cancel people, right? Not me, but like other comedians I've seen. <coughs> she just like goes, they post like a video or something and she's trying to like take them down. It, she's, this lady sucks as a person. She's like not a good person. So she goes, mind sharing your bullshit source here. I read this in the morning right when I woke up. So I was not in a great mood. But uh, so I wrote back to her. Iran Ben David and Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford's Freeman Spogli Institute for International Studies. Ben David is Associate Professor for Medicine, Center for Health Policy, Center for Primary Care, Outcomes Research. Bhattacharya, probably butchering that guy's name, is a senior fellow at the Freeman Spogli Institute, Professor of Medicine, Director of the Program on Medical Outcomes, etc. Now go ahead and say they're idiots or whatever you do because what I posted is simple math and logic, which Dr. Deborah Birx just said herself on TV goes against what you want to think. She just said on TV that the media is using misleading numbers with no context, using models with no controls. Honestly, I rarely post on here because for some reason people like people talk like assholes in a way they never talk to me in real life. Your response, quote, mind sharing your bullshit source. Classy. If you only test the most serious case. Okay, and I repeat all that same shit. Okay, don't need numbers. So my bullshit source is a couple of, I guess in your words, bullshitters from Stanford and one of the lead doctors working on this whole situation, Dr. Burks. But my first source is me using logic and seeing which numbers the news media is using to get their mortality rates. There is no context to their numbers. So this is this fucking lady's response. It's Burks, B-I-R-X. Link, please. So this entitled C-word, that's my podcast. This entitled cunt fucking writes me, it's Burks, link please. By the way, I guess I was just constantly misspelling uh, that Dr. Burks's name. I don't know how I missed that because I'm usually very good with that, but I've just over and over again spelling her name B-U-R-K-S. Um, but I guess it's B-I-R-X. So there you go. So if you want to look up some of this stuff, <laughs> don't listen to how I was spelling it. Uh, it's B-I-R-X. So she thinks like she has nothing to respond to that because I called her out for being a shitty person because she is. She's a lame, classless person who trolls the internet and tries to take people down and curse at people she doesn't know. And uh, so so she thinks like, ooh, spell check, got him. Okay, great. I'm actually happy she corrected that because I would have just kept making that same mistake. And I hate misspelling things. As a guy whose name is G-E-O-F-F, you know, I don't like people misspelling things. So I was fucking that up. So I wrote back, like I thought, you don't acknowledge anything I said and keep pivoting because you want to argue. The link to the article I posted is somewhere in these comments sent to someone else who was polite, who asked, here's another article from an epidemiologist saying much of the same. Thanks for correcting me on the spelling of her name. I've been misspelling that. I put the link and I go, I don't know who you are, but says you're a comedian. I didn't add you, so you must have added me. Don't see the point if you can't speak to someone you wanted to be friends with with respect and class. Remove yourself whenever you find a break from talking to strangers like crap. 
Hope you find happiness. Have a blessed day. Thanks again for the spell check. And then guess what? Silence from her, right? So bye-bye to that horrible person. People just suck. So anyways, I, that's pretty, I'm not going to like read any more of that. But there's something that's gone on with people where, one, try and talk to people like, yeah, I don't care if people are like, hey, man, like, you know, I don't know. I see what you're saying, but blah, blah, blah. Or like, you know, you know they don't understand what I'm saying or whatever. <clears throat> but to just like randomly curse at people and be, you know, a jerk. And I, I happen to know that that lady has done crap like that in the past to other people about like comedy videos. She's like a, a comedy, you know, hall monitor and tries to take people down. This person, by the way, oh, she's still my friend. So that's cool. She didn't... Uh, she didn't uh, take that down. Anyways, uh, this person has a podcast called Mueller, she wrote. This person is doing a podcast about the Mueller report. Okay? So, I mean, <laughs> that's like, that's what you do with your life. All right, cool. The Mueller report. Great. Um, that's, a, that's a thing that's still on everyone's mind, right? That, that turned out the way the media said it was going to turn out, right? Give me a fucking break. It's so weird how you can't post something online and people just assume they know everything about you by, by one thing. I wrote about a simple statistic, basic math, these stats can't be right. And I wrote about it after I'd been thinking that since the beginning. <coughs> and then finally now people are coming out going like, hey, like once we get more people tested. And if you got, have you guys noticed that the more tests we're doing in the United States, the lower the rate is going down? Because the more people we could test, the lower the rate's going to go down. And if we get the antibody test, the way I understand it from listening to these people way smarter than me, the antibody test can tell if you had it or something, or if you're already immune to it or something like that. I think it's going to tell like, if you had it. So if we, if we got those tests out, I'm just telling you right now, guys, I would put money on it that if somehow tomorrow they're like, hey, guys, you know, on your doorstep is a finger prick test. It gives you the results in five minutes. Everybody just do it. And, you know, you don't even have to send it in. It's, it's got a computer chip in it. We'll get the results immediately. I think that if all 327 million or 330 million, whatever people in the United States took a test, we'd find out that this fatality rate, mortality rate, whatever, death rate is way lower than 1.3%. I mean, this is basic math. I don't even get <coughs> what's so hard about it. I think there's a, there's like a human, there's a human, some people I think just naturally want to be like, oh, this isn't like nothing's bad, right? And I'm not saying it's not bad. It is very contagious and, you know, it sounds like extra people will die. Um, uh, but they probably would have died, a lot of these people from another thing that they would have caught uh eventually but maybe they'll die a little bit sooner which is sad right and it is very contagious it sounds like it's more con from everything i've heard which could change but it sounds like it's more contagious than the flu right but guys just in general like hopefully this is a good thing that people realize you should sh you know wash your hands more we don't need to shake everybody's hand you could do a fucking fist bump and all that stuff and it's fine you know quit being such a dirty fuck basically right maybe businesses will be like hey we don't want people having an outbreak at our store so maybe businesses will be a little extra clean you know, stuff like that. But uh, I've also seen these things going around of all these uh, medical professionals going like, hey, guys, here's like 99.99% way to not catch it. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. That's it. <coughs> Excuse me. Look at I got my little COVID-19 cough. But uh, I mean, guys, just fucking wash your hands. 
don't touch your face, and I think you know, you'll be good, according to the experts, right? And even if you catch it, you'll probably be good, according to the experts. So uh, that doesn't mean there's not serious cases. I love when people point out serious cases when you're talking about 330 million people and they go, what about these 10 people? It's like, I, am I saying I'm happy they're dead? Like, I don't, I don't even get what the point is. But I think there's a thing with people... I've always had this pet peeve when people, uh, there's certain people that go like, crazy times, crazy times we're living in, right? I mean, when was it not crazy times? Do you think people that were living during Vietnam didn't think that was a crazy time? Do you think people living during the Cold War when everybody, you know, in the United States was like, oh, geez, like, are we going to get bombed by Russia? Is Russia going to attack the Soviet Union or whatever? Are they going to attack us? Are we going to attack them? Like, are we about to go to war? Just like, that's a pretty uneasy time. Uh, during the World War II, Think that was not crazy times for some people? Come on, the Holocaust, that wasn't crazy times. World War One, that wasn't crazy times. The Great Depression, that wasn't crazy times. The Civil War, that wasn't crazy times. You don't think it was crazy times for black people to live under Jim Crow or black people to be slaves? Or you know what I mean, like there's and also, even when you you feel like it's not crazy times in your country, guess what? In the world, fucking crazy times for a lot of people. Like get a little bit of perspective with your shit. So I think some people like, like like immediately just want that. I think some people also just want, like, you know, we're kids and we have parents, right? I mean, hopefully, if you grow up with parents. You have an authority figure. Your parents and your kid kind of just, like, you defer to them, right? Like, my daughter asked me shit. I don't know the answer to. Like, no one knows the answer to. And I'm like, I don't know. But, like, as a kid, you think, man, my parents, they know everything. Like, they're all-knowing. They're the, they're the authority on everything. And we still, like, want that. So then the news, which bothers me, because the news is out for money. Like, the news is there to make money. They need to make a profit. How do they make a profit? More people have to watch their shows. More people have to read their articles, click on their articles. How do they do that? They have to be more crazy and outlandish, and, you know, they have to stir up fear. They have to stir up, like, things are bigger than they are, so people go, oh, shit, like, what's going on? I got to see what's coming up next, you know? Um, And this is not, like, a right, left-wing anything. This is just the media in general, right? And so, um, anyway, so I, I feel like people like to go, hey, I can turn on, you know, MSNBC and I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I know what's going on because I watch MSNBC or <coughs> I could turn on, you know, CNN and I fucking, I got it, you know, or ABC or CBS or, Fo- you know, Fox, whatever. Like, and now I know, now I'm informed, like, more than anybody. Like, people like to feel like they're, they're not hearing shit from people like, like, uh, you know, people think, you know, President Trump or Governor Cuomo or Governor Newsom, like anything they do is supposed to be perfect. Like they're not just some person who happens to be in that position. And like I get it to an extent, obviously, yeah, like you have, you're in a governing position. You have to make decisions and you should be smart. You should listen to your best people. But my point is, it doesn't mean they're always going to make the right decision. Like what, like I personally don't think if the president... Or the governors were like, yeah, we're just going to shut down the country for six months. Let's just go six months. Nobody can leave their house. Do you think that's a good decision? Even if they all agreed on it. Republican, Democrat, everybody. Do you personally think that's a good decision? I don't. I think it's a terrible decision. I think it would tank the economy. I think it would, like I said, lead to crime, lead to suicide. It would create a much more dangerous environment for people, especially like me, who live in cities, Right? And uh, it'd be a lot, it'd be very scary out there, right? When people are helpless and desperate, they will do anything. So 
I don't know. What did I say? This is going to be a 20-minute podcast. If I go to this and I see it wasn't even recording, I'll kill myself. Okay, there we go. So it's been an hour. All right, so there you go. That's plenty of a podcast. I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to try and find time. It's really, really hard because my wife and I are just both nonstop with the kids. I'm going to try and uh, call different friends during their quarantine, during this quarantine, uh, from different places, see how they're doing, record the calls, upload those as fun little podcasts, see how it is in... I got a buddy in Montana, got my, uh, but I'm not just going to talk about like the quarantine. I'll talk about, you know, like what they do and everything and all that stuff. So again, guys, if you haven't yet, please rate the podcast five stars, review it and um, pick up a copy of my book, spread the word about my book if you can. I posted on my Instagram at Jeff Keith, G-E-O-F-F-K-E-I-T-H. It's one of the most more recent posts. You can tell which one it is about my book. Uh, I was planning on shooting a little commercial for it and I was going to put that out and you know advertise with that commercial but now we're all quarantined so we'll see what happens all right <coughs> love you guys stay safe stay healthy uh yeah if you want to email me what a piece of shit i am because i did some basic math and you disagree with me because you trust your tv <laughs> then emails in the show notes all right love you bye thank you for the to my daddy